tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. That takes them a longer time to produce than they used to do. Because, for example, in January, if I'm sending a design that, okay, can I have this stocked up again? It's about a week to do that. It's taking them like a month, a month and a half to produce one design. It is a problem. Rather than sit indifferent and allow COVID-19 to rip up the business, Linda says she's now turning to domestic production. So we put a team of young men and women together who are sewing locally for us to feed the market. They're in touch with the manufacturers, so they send us the current styles that we give it to them to produce here. So it's not like... We are just producing anything. But if even everything gets back to normal, we think that the ones we are producing here, the customers want it, the same quality, the same designs, the same finishing. So I'm not sure that we are going to, even when COVID is under control and we start traveling, we are not going to stop this aspect. Linux Collections is transitioning from just being a retail business to wholesale, 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 wholesale. And we apologize for that uh, little technical challenge there. And that's all for the Joy Business Report at 1. My name is George Rafi. Have a good afternoon.
to you, our cherished listeners. It's always indeed very, very exciting to come your way every Wednesday with your favorite business development program on Radio Masterclass. Masterclass is powered by Joy Business and brought to us by Goyle. Goyle, they say good energy, Goyle. Yenara, Yedia. It's the 10th of June today. Still in the sixth month of the year and we're prodding on gradually working our businesses and trying to make a difference in our nation and in our world. Masterclass comes your way every Wednesday at 1.15pm and runs all the way through to 2 p.m. here on your superstation Joy 99.7. My name, as always, is Yabanafo, and I am your host for the show. So last week, we spent some time in a new conversation. We had started talking about customer service in this period of COVID-19 and how businesses should look at the issue of customer service and how they can navigate these waters in selling the product and putting the products out there and selling them to customers. What are we supposed to look at in terms of customer service? How do we even, should I say, deliver good customer service in this period where everything is affected, where businesses are going under? And we spend some time in the studio with one of our wonderful resource persons uh, in the person of Yvonne Uhui McCarthy. Yvonne is back in the studio with us. Yvonne, good afternoon. You're welcome back to the show. Good afternoon, Yao. How are you doing? I'm super excited that we're back here today because obviously we get to continue our conversation. To all of our listeners who whose questions were on Facebook last week and were not read, we, we saw your comments a bit late when we had run out of time. And so by all means, please do send those questions again today and we'll try and, and read those questions and discuss them and become better for it. Like I say, life's too short to make all the mistakes ourselves. So we'll spend a bit more time today. And again, we'll be opening the phone lines a bit earlier today so that Again, we can get interactive and we can share some thoughts. But just by way of recap, last week we spent some time introducing customer service. Maybe, Yvonne, just very briefly, uh, just a quick recap of what we did last week for those of our listeners who missed out. Just maybe 30 seconds, nothing detailed. Sure, yes. sure. So last week we, I mean, the whole theme for the month is service from the inside out. So we're looking at how you can look at customer service from your internal strategies and then to your external strategies. So we looked at how you can get service back on its feet after a crisis. And we're not just focusing on Corona, but going forward, anything that could hinder um, the service that you provide. So we posed a few questions that you need to be asking yourself. How is your business transforming to still take care of your brand promise in these difficult times? What would be your brand positioning after the crisis? So we spoke about some of the things you need to do. Um, One of them is to be transparent to both your internal and external customers. Find out exactly what information you need to give them. And then also engaging them. Engage, engage, and engage. 
ask them what they like, how they found your service, if there's anything else you can do to improve what you're already doing, and then setting ex- expectations on your waiting time, being empathetic as a business, and then reviewing your values and your customer service goals. So those were some of the things that we looked at last week. So essentially, if I can, if I can just put them in one sentence, keep your eye on the ball. Absolutely. Keep your eye on the Absolutely. ball. And the ball is your service, the ball is your product. Absolutely. Okay, we continue our conversation today. Just yeah, Last week also, we, we just benchmarked a few, should I say, um, influential people in the world and what their, their idea or understanding of customer service was. Because obviously, one of the best ways of reviewing every, or should I say anything you do, is to find out who else is doing it and how differently they're doing it. And so we, we went across the world to a gentleman, an entrepreneur, businessman called Jeff Bezos. And we, we tried to find out what his view on customer service was. And this is what he said. He says that the best customer service is if the customer doesn't need to call you doesn't need to talk to you if it just works. Okay, so that was his idea. He says that once you're selling a product, you're in a, you have a shop, you have a shop floor, whatever, depending on the kind of service. If I walk in and I can just understand the process flow and go straight to it and get it done without asking anybody to walk me through it, then your system is working. Absolutely. Of course, we also looked at um, Marilyn Monroe, and she had a rather, should I say, <laughs> diverse view. Um, she's an actress, singer, model back in the 50s. And I like her perspective because it sort of helps us to deal with what people refer to as a difficult customer. And I'm sure that in the coming weeks we'll get to ask that question or probably have that conversation. But this is what Marilyn also said. Marilyn said, I'm selfish. I'm impatient. I'm a little insecure. I make mistakes. I'm out of control. And sometimes I'm hard to handle. But if you cannot handle me at my worst then you definitely do not deserve me at my best. I mean, I think it speaks for itself. Res Ipsa. It speaks. (laughs) It speaks for itself. So I'm not going to go into it, but food for thought. This is Marilyn Monroe sharing her thoughts on customer service. Today we want to go into a bit more detail. This is week two of our conversation. We'll be looking at the philosophy of customer service, I believe. Yes. So obviously... um, my understanding of philosophy essentially is what is your thought process about a particular thing without being too detailed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what do you, to you, what is customer service? Okay. Essentially, I'm just breaking it down to the barest minimum. But you, you, you take us away because obviously I want us to be able to look at the various perspectives at which people look at customer service. And I'm interested in that because last week, I think one of the callers that called spoke about perspective and perception. And I, I know I did say that Perception can become reality for the one who perceives. And also on the back bedrock of that, we said that people are a function of their orientation. So if I say you are not nice, you are not nice. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter whether you are not nice or you are nice or you are not. That's how you... I think you are not nice. And anybody who asks me my opinion, I will say you are not nice. So I think that as business owners, we shouldn't take for granted the perception of our customers. Absolutely. Because perception can become their reality. Yeah, even apart from that, perception now, it's contagious. You know, it's like the corona. So if I feel a certain way about you, all I have to do is go home and, you know, tell my kids that this is what happened at so-and-so. And And so don't go in there again because the service is bad. And I've just infected them with my perception. So apart from the fact that it can become my reality, it actually is contagious. Mm. And most people who would feel a certain way about your product or your services might not have necessarily engaged with you. Right. Okay, let's go to today's conversation. Uh, take us away. Okay. The philosophy of customer service 
and uh, how it affects our businesses. I suppose we'll also be looking at the behavior of employees and the reputation of our brand as well Absolutely. in this conversation. So yes. take us away. So I, I mean, when I, I chose the philosophy of, a, of customer service, I wanted to not sound too philosophical, you know, in quotes. I wanted it to be very um, normal. So don't look at the word philosophy as something that is like really out of the box. But I want us to, first of all, understand what the customer service philosophy is. And the first position of anybody who is interested in seeing their customer happy is that you need to have a customer service philosophy as an organization. You cannot run your organization without one. Now, if you look at the inception of or the setup of most businesses, um, the main thing that they focus on, so if someone wants to start a business, they start thinking about finance, location, how do I get a loan, um, the human capital or the resource. What they don't look at is customer service. And that's where they should look at because you set up that business to serve a particular group of people whom you choose to call your customer. So oftentimes people wonder why there needs to be a customer service philosophy for the organization. Well, if your company's goal is to serve its customers in an exceptional way, then you need to have a customer service philosophy. So every team, every organization needs to have a shared mission. Just as important, every organization needs guiding principles that ensures that they are fulfilling their shared mission in the best possible way. So what then is the customer service philosophy? It's the mindset. It's the spirit. It's the culture, the attitude. I'm using all these different words just to break it down. Or the ideologies of the particular organization. And this comes from the core of the company, particularly with regards to customer service. So a customer service philosophy is when an organization and its customer service team or its employees develop strategies on how they handle customer service and its issues guided by the organization's principles and company values. So a well-crafted customer service philosophy is a company-wide policy or process that businesses of all sizes regardless of the sector, the industry should have and practice day in, day out. So it doesn't matter what sector you find yourself in. It doesn't matter the size of your business. It doesn't matter whether you're selling a product or offering services. You need to have a customer service philosophy. So one of the things or some of the things we need to be asking ourselves with regards to the customer service philosophy is what is the purpose of your company, first of all? What's the purpose of your company? So is the, if your purpose is about looking, you need to be looking at your company from the customer's perspective. Not what you want to do, but how is the customer standing on the side and viewing your, your, your company? And then what's the role or the importance of customer service within your organization? Is service your main product or is it to support a product that you're selling? How does its role relate to your company's purpose and its other functions? So if we're looking truthfully at some of the things that come under the customer service philosophy, or if I want to judge if a company or organization has a customer service philosophy, some of the things I'll be looking at is their vision. Where is the company going? Where do they want to be? Their mission, how do they want to get there? Their core values. These are key things that you need to have. Their slogans or their taglines, their customer service goals, the details of their customer service charter, the processes they use, the procedures they have, policies that they've set, just their general approach to handling customer issues. So these are the key things that you would look if you're to 
take a book now and draw up a checklist to assess your business and ask yourself if you're really or if you really have a customer service philosophy these are the areas you'll be looking at now truthfully your philosophy should be multifaceted so it's not a one-way thing it should cover a combination of areas proving your business to be accessible and caring so if you're unsure of how to create a comprehensive customer service philosophy you need to take the time and interest to ask yourself and your team again the following questions so what are your company's values and how will they affect your employees and your customers now if you walk into some organizations and you ask them what are your company's core values everyone will they'll just look at each other values mm. but then if you work for an organization and you don't even know what the core values are probabilities are you would wake up in the morning go and face a customer and you would do the opposite of what your organization claims it stands for and mind you once you have a website you have your core values stated over there you have your vision and your mission so if you said that one of your core values is professionalism when someone walks in they want to attribute your actions to what they've seen on the website and so what are your core values as an organization you need to ask yourself that so a philosophy to be honest is different from a set of rules because the philosophy would allow your employees to act out of their own convictions and see conflicts on a case-by-case basis as opposed to just following a formula this hierarchy of ideas is what informs your employees of when to come down hard on a rule understanding your customer's side of the equation will also help you inform your customer service strategy and philosophy so core values are helpful because they would offer your employees a few words to help them remember the priorities of the company as a whole the second question you need to be asking yourself what does it require to develop a customer service philosophy because we've established that serious businesses have customer service philosophies they have a mindset they have ideologies they have an attitude so what does it require to develop one now first of all ask yourself i've asked you um, to ask yourself what the purpose of your business is already but how does this the core values that we've spoken about how does this translate into daily actions for your employees I think one of the things that sometimes we get lost in is we get consultants to write out very beautiful philosophies and stuff for us. But then when we were speaking to the people that go out to carry out these values that we've put on our websites, we don't explain to them what it means. So if I'm saying that for us, integrity is one of our core values. You need to explain to the people that work for you in terms of what it means in their action to show integrity. So we need to ask ourselves those things. How does this translate into daily actions for your employees? And then also, what are the principles that should guide your employees, especially the frontline staff? So if you go back into some of the things that I spoke about that you need to have, your vision, your mission, the slogan, things like slogans sometimes um, seem very simplistic. But if I'm sitting here and my slogan is on the wall, let's say I'm a receptionist and our slogan is we make you smile every time. And I'm looking at that slogan or the tagline all the time and someone walks in automatically because it's the spirit of the business. That's where we want to go and that's where we believe or that's what we believe we want to do for the customer. I look there and I don't have a choice but to smile or to make sure that when you leave me, you're actually smiling. So those are some of the questions we need to ask ourselves. But it's important that once we're talking about the customer service philosophy, we realize who the responsibility lies on. It's a top-to-bottom responsibility. 
That's how it's done. Your employees cannot set customer service philosophies for you. Um, usually we would recommend that from the inception of your business or during setup, you actually sit down and write these things down. What do I want to do for customers? What do I want to offer them? How do I want my customers to perceive me? What's the brand reputation that I want to put out there? And these are things you should write down, have on paper before you even start recruiting people because what you want to do is explain the vision to them, explain the mission, explain the core values and what it means to them in their daily lives before they even start working for you. I always say that if you have um, a customer service philosophy, which you hold dear to your heart, and most CEOs or you know heads of organizations do that, they've traveled wide and so they've experienced good customer service. But the people that work for you probably haven't. So you are holding that you know perfect customer service that you've seen from somewhere to heart. And you keep saying to them, this is where we want to go. But you need to explain to them, this is the vision. This is how we want to get there. This is what it means, or this is how it means you should behave. So once you're able to, you know, explain these things to them, they're on the journey with you. So they're not just in a bus where you're saying to them, we're traveling. And then when they say, where are we traveling? Where are we stopping? You say, well, we are just traveling. So let's go together. They, they wouldn't be interested in such a journey. So you need to talk to them about it. So when you're developing the philosophy, it requires management to dig deep and ask the relevant questions and also provide the right resources for this to be done. If you haven't done it before, so let's say you have a website, but you've never really thought about putting your vision, your mission, core values and all of that on there. This is the time to now sit down as, a, as management and dig deep. Ask yourself, what do you want to stand for? Where do you want to go? How do you want it to be done? Now, most businesses never include their employees when coming up with some of these values and goals. That's why it becomes difficult for some employees to show ownership and have the ownership mentality. And I've said that that's one of the biggest problems that we have, especially in the public sector, where people actually do wake up and go to work. But they would say things like, it's not my father's job, so why should I even die or break my neck for this business? It's because they don't feel a part of the journey that the business is seeking to go on. But if these core values are instilled in them from day one, it will inform their decisions when they're dealing with customers. One other thing you need to do once you've met with your management and you've decided what your core values are, you need to be able to write it down. It's a philosophy. It's an ideology. It's like what political parties do. They'll tell you, this is our constitution. This is our blood. What is the constitution of your organization? What is your blood? What do you believe in? What are your ideologies? So you need to write it down. So regardless of the industry or the sector, make sure your philosophy is written out. Not just written out, but communicated to all current employees and new employees before there's any interaction or contact with customers. You also need to be able to align your philosophy with your company's purpose. So one of the best ways to grow your brand is to have a consistent messaging about the purpose of your company. You can't say today that um, our core values are integrity. Say, for example, it's a financial institution. Integrity, professionalism, and customer-centric. And then next year, you're like, no, 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 no. Loyalty, um, respect, and purposefulness. And then the next three years, there has to be some <laughs> consistency. And you need to align um, that philosophy to your company's purpose. So these are some of the things that we, we, we look at. But one of the things that you need to make sure that you're also doing is to zero in on your customer service team and their job. You might not have a customer service team. 
but your employees should be your customer service team. Customer service now is not the responsibility of one particular group of people within your organization. It should be everybody's responsibility. So do that. Make sure that you're checking or you're zeroing in on your customer service team's main job. Make sure they understand why they're there. Make sure they understand what they need to be doing on a daily basis to create the experience that you have mentioned in your tagline or your slogan. You also need to be able to map the customer experience. If you have a philosophy and you said that this is the roadmap from zero to perfect, you need to be able to map the experience. And these are things that you discuss with the people that work for you. And then you discuss how you get there, what it means at which point and what everyone's responsibility is. The third thing, which I think we do, but really aren't paying too much attention to is to hire the right people. If you are a business owner or you run an organization or you're managing an organization and you believe in customer service, you want to do anything to see the customer happy, but you employ people who do not share those beliefs with you, people who do not understand customer service, people who do not appreciate that customers need to be treated and pumped then you have a problem. So it goes without saying that your company relies on your team to fulfill your business obligations daily. Selecting the wrong team will result in lagging sales. Of course, you'd have conflicting messages because if you're telling me you want to make me smile, you want to serve me better, and then the very people who deliver the service have not been trained or are not the right people, then we have a problem. And then, of course, providing training and implementing some of these things that you've spoken up, we've spoken about is also very important. Once you've decided that these are our core values, our mission, people need to be trained on these issues. What does it mean to, for them? If, if, if you're making it a policy, if you're changing processes, if your procedures are changing, make it clear to them. If there are going to be repercussions of their actions or inactions, make them aware if that's your new vision, that's, this is where we're going now. This is now the spirit of our business. Make it very clear to them and make their responsibility clear to them as well. Make them aware of what would happen if they don't follow some of these rules. So if you've done all those things, if you've done all those things, you've written down the, the philosophy, you have your slogan, your vision, your mission, you've hired the right people, you've also understood what your customer wants, you've positioned yourself in a way that the customer looks at you and, and, and understands that this business has a spirit, this business has a way of doing things and you're consistent. Now you need to ask yourself, why is the customer service philosophy important? So, yes, you could have done all these things without really knowing the importance. And, indeed, a lot of organizations have done that. They, they have all these things I'm talking about, but I don't think they understand why they need to have it. But it's simple. Is it just a box to tick? Yeah. So for, for some of, Yes, for most people. It's like um, they're, they're, they're drawing up a proposal now when you're drawing a proposal and you want money, they'll ask you some of these, what's your vision, what's your mission? So people would, you know, go and copy and paste <laughs> visions and missions and they'll send it to you. You give them the loan, they start their business. Now on paper, it's a fantastic philosophy. But in reality, it's not. I have a question for you, but before you answer that, I want us to get interactive. Please write this question down because when we come back from um, the short break, I want us to start the conversation with that while we wait for the phone lines to, to ring. Wonderful thoughts you've just shared. And, and if you've just tuned in, this is Masterclass on the Superstation. We're here again talking about customer service with Yvonne Uhui McCarthy. We're getting interactive in a few minutes, so please pick up that phone and give us a call. But Yvonne, do you think that 
today amongst most businesses, and this is Ghana, we're talking for Ghana, so let's talk Ghana. Do you think that there is a disconnect between what we identify as our customer service philosophy? Let's, let's narrow it down. I'm not even going to talk about the big business plan, part of which will be the customer service philosophy. Do you think there is a disconnect between that document and the lives that we actually live in the companies? Yes. Don't, don't answer that question yet. <laughs> Time check in the studio, 37 minutes past the hour of one. I've got some great news for you if you're listening to us and you own a motor vehicle of any kind. So here's the good news. Girls' new super synthetic 5W20 and 5W30 Luce are the best engine oils for your vehicle. They are specially engineered engine oils which efficiently work on all your modern petrol and diesel engines. They clean, they protect, they reduce fuel consumption, they prolong oil chain intervals, and they enhance your engine performance right from when you start up to when you switch off. So go to any Gold filling station today and grab the new Gold Super Synthetic 5W20 and 5W30 engine oils for superior vehicle performance. Goil, they say good energy. Goil, Yenara, Yedia. I'm going straight to the phone lines now. Numbers to call 0302-216-541. That's 0302-216-541. Pick up that phone, give us a call. Let's hear your thoughts. Let's continue the conversation on customer service. Today we're looking at your philosophy. Essentially, what is your idea of customer service and what it should be? Who is the customer? Let's have that conversation. Pick up that phone. Give us a call. 0302216541. You can also send us a comment or your thoughts on 0244340437. If you're driving, we want you to arrive alive. So please do not text while you drive. Pack off and then send us a comment on 0244340437. I've got some help in the studio today on Facebook. So um, I've got Selwyn here with me. Um, so if you want to ask us any questions on Facebook, do post the questions. Selwyn will bring them to me and then we can ask them and try and be a part of it. I've started early today because I want a lot of people to call. So pick up that phone, give us a call. And Yvonne, let's come back to the question. Yeah. Do you think that... It's not, a, it's not a yes or no answer. This one is an A-level question. You remember that question they used to ask back in A-level? Anger is not. It becomes discuss. <laughs> yeah, okay. when they tell you discuss, you need a full page. Okay, so this is one of those questions. Do you think that there's a disconnect? Because there's all this beautiful text about attitude, about vision, about things we stand for, taglines. And I think that we've got the, the greatest taglines in this country. I mean, I don't want to mention anybody's tagline, but, you know, we've got beautiful taglines. But somehow, between the documents and the front-facing staff, who welcomes the first customer in the morning on any day in any business in Ghana? Hmm. It's like the thing doesn't really go down. I've got a caller on the line already. Let's take that call in. Good afternoon. You're welcome to Masterclass. Hello. Good afternoon. Please. My name is Esther. Right, I'm Esther. I called last week. Yes, yes, Esther. I was going to say you called us last week. Thank you for calling again. Talk to us, Esther. Thank you for having me. Good, um, good. So, um, I really, I really, really like what Yvonne has said so far. She's been on point hmm. with regards to the customer service philosophy. Right. Uh, one thing I'll add to it is we have the tendency of making it too long. Okay. We have a tendency of putting it too many things together to make yeah. the philosophy. A lot of values, a lot of... One thing I've noticed is simple always does it. Mm. Simple always sticks into the head of the employee. Mm -hmm. Not a whole policy on, on, on the philosophy and all of that. 
And one thing I've done with when I'm consulting for companies, I ask one simple question from their employees and the managers and the senior managers. The mm. question is to you, who is the customer? Mm. It's a very deep question. Mm -hmm. And once they're able to answer that question, you see what is in their heart, what is in their mind. Yeah. And then you can start the process of changing their mindset towards how you want it to go. Mm. And so, um, if you get to know how they understand who a customer is to them, you understand how they are going to serve your customers. Yeah. Because like you were saying before I called in, before I called in um, most of them, you, they will have the values, they will have the slogan, they will have the logo, whatever it is, they will have the tagline, but they will do what they want. Yeah. If they don't understand, like she said, if they don't understand and appreciate what a customer is to them and what the customer gives to them. And because of that, to me, what I always tell our customers is something that Mahatma Gandhi said sometime, I think, 1890, when he was in South Africa. Mm -hmm. He said, the customer is the most important visitor on our premises. Mm -hmm. he, he is not an interruption to our work. He's the purpose of it. He's not an outsider on our business. He's a part of it. We are not doing him a favor by serving him. He is doing us a favor by giving us an opportunity to serve him. That's deep, so, eh? <laughs> That is very deep. So if you know who your customer is, and you know that the customer equals the salary they pay you, mm -hmm. the customer equals the building you are living in, the customer equals the existence of the company you own, then your outlook and your mindset to the customer changes. Mm -hmm. And that is one thing I would like to tell Ghanaians. Pardon me, Yvonne. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> it is. I am so passionate about it. Yeah. I'm like an evangelizer of customer mm. Because we get it wrong as people who are training them, who are guiding them, they also get it wrong. So that is the input I just wanted to add right. to is that, look, don't make it long. Simple does it. Simple One does word, it. two words. It sticks in their head. And then you have to monitor because if you don't measure it, Things that are not measured are never done. Mm -hmm. And there are lots of measurements you can measure when it comes to customer service and customer experience. So that when the people know you are measuring it, they will get it right. It's slowly, but we will get there. We'll Thank get you. there. Thank you so much, Esther. That was Esther sharing some yeah. beautiful thoughts. I've got Kweku on the line. Let's pick Kweku quickly and then we'll continue. Good afternoon, Kweku. You're welcome to Masterclass. Hi. Good afternoon, Chief. How are you doing? I'm well. Thank you, my brother. Talk to me. Yeah, um, I I agree with what the first caller said, Esther. But to actually, yes, Esther. To actually, you know, some customers take undue advantage of the services we provide as well. Mm. Now, uh, I remember early this year or late last year, December, January, day, I think, um, somebody came to our office, an adult person, mm. trying to dictate to us how <laughs> we should handle. I mean, we request. We requested information. He said, no, 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 no. You have to request this. I said, no, no, this is the work we do. You don't have to come to our office and tell us. Now, honestly speaking, the next day the man came, yeah. I told him never to stay in the office again. Oh, no. Oh no! Kweku, you know what? You know what? I'm 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 very interested in your in your argument. I think we're going to be doing this, Yvonne. When are we going to be doing the difficult customer? Is we'll it next talk, week? We'll talk about that next week. Kweku, please, will you be able to listen in next week? Sure. I want to hear your argument on that side <laughs> where we where we go there because you see it's a big thing. I mean, there's a big conversation about the customer always being right, the customer being king. Some say the customer is God, but the question is, who is the customer? Me and you, we are all customers at some point, yeah, aren't we? Customer. So we go to our office. 
we, we humble ourselves, we listen to what they will tell us. Yeah. But this man came. He doesn't want to humble himself. <laughs> he, he, he told his elderly ability and pastor. Don't do things like that. Please call me again next week. I want to hear your arguments. Thank you for calling today. <laughs> I like Begu's arguments. He's on the other side of the divide. I've got Chris from Tema on social media. Chris says, please, what qualities makes a person um, become an effective customer service personnel? A customer service must be a lifestyle rather than an event. That's Chris from Tema. Please keep your comments coming. Um, do we have any comments on Facebook, Selwyn? I don't think we do yet. We don't. Okay, so if there are any comments, um, please post them by all means to try and read them. But keep your questions coming. Numbers to call again, 030-221-6541. Yes, Yvonne. Okay, so let, let me look at um, Chris's question. Chris, yeah. is, Chris is asking what qualities makes a good customer service personnel. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, customer service is one of those dynamic things that changes all the time. Mm-hmm. Customers are changing too. What they want changes. Their likes, their what they anticipate you should be doing for them. Everything is changing. And so, as we're speaking currently, if you want to do well mm-hmm. or venture into that profession, you need to be somebody who is emotionally intelligent because you're dealing with the emotions of customers. You're dealing with how customers feel, what they think, how they want to be treated, and how they would react. And so, you need to be emotionally intelligent. You need, also need to be a critical thinker. And, um, yeah, I always say that one of the important things that we need to be taught in schools, which we're unfortunately not being taught, is how to think critically mm, and critical how to solve. Thinking. Exactly. They teach it in Sunday University, so. University. <laughs> anyway, let me not, let me not go exactly. there. Exactly. <laughs> you know, no. we, we need to okay. be we need to be looking at some of these areas at a much younger age because right. once you're working, when someone approaches you with a problem or a complaint, you need to start thinking critically of what they're before telling you. Before you answer Exactly, it. before you answer. I've got Baba on my line. Let's talk to Baba. Good afternoon, Baba. You're welcome to Masterclass. Good afternoon. Actually, I Compelled to make a call because of the comment made by your last caller. Right. I, I want to put it on record that I want to be one of those difficult customers. <laughs> People don't know what customer service is in Ghana. Right. When they get things wrong, they think the customer should rather compromise and get it. And this cuts across mm. all areas. Right. Uh, work with any artisan. They do things wrong and they think that you, the one who is going to mm-hmm. pay them, should rather take it all, but this one is not anything. You can manage. That is what people always say. And I think it's about time people stand for quality. Don't compromise. Get what you are paying for. And people will get it right. Uh, Besides that, we also need to understand that, look, the customer is the one paying you. Mm -hmm. The customer is the one paying your salary. The customer is the one who makes the company to run. So if you don't have the customer zero, you are not in business. Mm. So it's not uh, there's nothing like the customer is difficult. Another dimension I want to add is that from business side, I would rather face difficult customers or challenging customers. The reason being that once you are able to satisfy and meet their demand, then you can satisfy the market. Mm-hmm. So if the customer is not complicated and the Ghanaian customer is not sophisticated, that is why companies are not developing in terms of high quality products and services. Right. Where your customers are complicated and you are able to meet their demands, then you can meet the global market. Right. Thank you so yeah, much, Baba. So, so this is what I want to say. Thank, thank you, you, thank you, thank you so much. Those were some wonderful thoughts. Yes. He is also on the other side of the argument. Brilliant. It makes the argument very rich. I've got Michael on the line. Let's talk to Michael. Good afternoon, Michael. You're welcome to Masterclass. Uh, good afternoon. Talk to me, Michael. Hi. 
just want to share um, some uh, experience uh, to access and test um, presentation made. Right. Michael, if you can just pick up for me a bit, your line seems to be a little faint. Okay. It's much better uh, now. I was once working with an insurance company. Right. And you know, insurance, as you say, is an unsought good. Mm. Um, don't uh, let go into the technicalities of that term. In, in other ways, having somebody dream or wake up from bed and say, I'm, I'm going to do insurance, um, mm. it has to be sold. You have to convince somebody to like the idea of buying insurance. So imagine from such a difficult point. Back in Kumasi, when I was newly transferred to from the north, we the insurance office there was uh, what we call insurance hall with a you know, nice lady, seven customers. Then appeared a professor. We had what great titles, professor, doctor, doctor, <laughs> and apparently we didn't know that. Uh, one of the uh, doctor uh, PhD has been <laughs> elevated to another professorship uh, 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 title. So they issued the uh, insurance certificate bearing the existing title, mm-hmm. Professor Doctor Doctor. And an elderly man was furious. Why, according to him, we should demote him more or less. And two of the ladies who were trained in customer distance and all that were at the front desk were arguing with the man so filthy. It took a lady who was rather a secretary, who was not a, a, a front line uh, uh, staff, a secretary, backstage worker, those days using typewriter, to come forward and rather try to nicely talk to the old man and pleaded or uh, apologize for himself. Mm. And quickly said she was, was prepared to retype the certificate again so they should do amend the record yeah. to prepare the new title. When it was done, I tell you, the man was so nice. By the time the man stepped out there in his car, he called on apparently government has given some of these professors uh, new loans for ca- new cars. He called mm. them, but they done the registration vehicle. And they came down to come and do other insurance policies with the insurance company. Right. So you see, through one a patient to address the customer's concerns, lots of businesses eventually we have to a whole insurance portfolio for that institution. So it is true that indeed when we host customers in ISP it goes a long way to better the lot of their organization. Thank you so much, Michael. That was Michael sharing some thoughts. Um very wonderful thoughts there indeed. Obviously, people have different and divergent views. I've got Derek on um, social media, on Facebook. Derek says, is every staff supposed to be educated on customer service or it should be reserved for the receptionists and the frontline staff? And should it should it not become part of our curricula for tertiary education? This is Derek on Facebook. Obviously, yes. yes. Uh, so I'm sure you can react to that. Yes, everybody. Customer service is now everyone's responsibility. You can't just say that it's the job of the receptionist. What if the receptionist doesn't come to work? So anybody who deals with the customer, whether they're in the back office, front office, mm-hmm. telephone, website, everybody needs to understand 
what your positioning as an organization is on customer service and they need to be trained in those areas. I've got so many questions for you today, but we've got a lot of activity. Okay, Ken from Legon says, is, master, is the customer always right? Do you want to answer that one today we'll, we'll or you? Next week. <laughs> okay, so Ken, we're going to be doing that next week. Uh, I've got, okay. Okay, I think I've got some more on social media here. This one is from Kweku Adebri. It says, good morning. Okay, I don't think that's the one. Uh, one second. Okay, he says, the important, the most important thing about customer service, okay, I don't think this came too clearly. Quick, if you can just send it again. Um, I'm not sure it, it's very clear. But Yvonne, let's continue our conversation. Yes, so I yeah. just wanted to touch on um, the question Derek asked. I would, I would always advocate that we start teaching customer service from at least secondary school. Okay, I've got Kweku's points now. Uh, Kweku Adebri says, the important customer is the paying customer, not the one who delays the payment for undue reason. No. Okay, Kweku, those are your thoughts. Uh, thank you for sharing them. <laughs> um, okay, Yvonne, do you want to... Kweku, we'll do that next week and I'll, I'll elaborate on why you shouldn't even categorize who is important and who is not because customers have, lifetime, have a lifetime value and they might not be buying from you today but who says that they might not buy um, from you tomorrow or bring, and in the next or 10 Or bring years. you a good reference. Exactly. So okay, that's Auntie we, we Della. Like not to look at it Auntie like Della that. didn't say where you are sending from. It says the company has two sets of customers, internal and external. Those within the company are the internal customers and those outside of the company are the external customers. At all times, the internal customers must ensure that they work together to satisfy the needs of the external customers. So the question is, how do we go about it? If this equation is solved, everyone will be happy at all times. Good afternoon. This is Auntie Della. Yes. So let me just backtrack. I'll probably come back and answer her question. Okay. Where Baba was talking about there not being anything as a difficult customer. And I think going forward, we need to start positioning or, um, you know, looking at things from that angle. That there really isn't. Customers are situational. They behave in a manner based on what they've experienced once they start engaging your organization. So you have a certain power in the way customers behave and the way they view you. I'm not saying that every single person who comes to you um, would behave a certain way based on the way you treat them, but at least 99% of the people will do that based on their experiences with you. Mm-hmm. So um, we, you just you, someone asked me a question about what you need to be a good customer service rep, and yes. I said you need to be emotionally intelligent. You need to be a good communicator. Do you say emotionally intelligent? Yes. Uncle James would be excited. Uncle James Addison, he was here for... Eight weeks, I think, yes, you on, need, on emotional intelligence. Yes, you need to understand <laughs> it. You need to, to show some resilience when it comes to that because you're dealing with people's emotions. Yeah. Um, you need to be a critical thinker, like I mentioned before, a good communicator and a collaborator. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you the message you read before, it spoke about your internal customers and That's internal correct. customers liaise with each other. In fact, someone's output will be someone else's input. input yeah. And if things are not down well, the person who actually experienced it the negative way is the customer. And so you should be able to communicate and collaborate and of course things like showing empathy and being able to adapt to situations are also very key skills that you need to be a good customer service professional but back to what you asked me do we think that there's a disconnect between the philosophies and the lives we live mm-hmm. yes there is that's why you can go onto an organization's website and feel excited oh wow so this is what they believe in this is their core value this is where they're going and then you drive over and see the physical organization and you're disappointed like oh oh my, my god, god. 
because they've said to you they want to be professional, they want to be customer-centric, they want to be reliable. And then you walk in there and the very thing they're supposed to do to even show professionalism, they miss out on. So there is, there's a big okay. gap. There's a huge gap. Okay. Kweku, um, I think you've you've sent another message. Kweku at the recess, he agrees with the Kweku who called earlier. And he, he goes on to say that there are many things that affect customer service. Obviously, I'm sure we'll be talking about that next week. Um, so where do we find you? Regina wants to know, how. can I have the number of the resource person after this uh, show? Okay, after the show? Yes, no? no, so go ahead. Okay, so my number is 0542-33390. Or you can search me on Facebook. Um, the name is Yvonne Uhui Makati or ICSP. Then you just send me a message. Okay. So, Yvonne, I've got one minute to round <laughs> up the show. I have a set of questions I haven't asked yet. But what's the takeout from today's conversation? Um, before you do that, I've got... It says, hello, Masterclass. Please, we need the discussions on your social media platforms so that we can learn more about this discussion. Jesse Sakomono. Okay. Thank you so much, Jesse. We'll take note of that. What's the takeout for today? So, what should we remember from today's conversation. Okay. So we, we need to start looking at our businesses as things that live. Your business is not just an abstract thing. Your business should have a vision. It should have a purpose. It should have a value. And your business needs to understand where it wants to position itself. The person who is responsible for doing these things is you. Management, making sure that you're robing everybody in. So the customer service philosophy just makes sure that every single person who works for you is aligned with the purpose of the organization. Once you do that, your customers can actually see and feel the positive spirit of the organization. So if you haven't done that yet, this might be the right time to take a pen and paper and ask yourself some of the questions that we've asked today. There's so much we still want to ask you, but we've run out of time. I'm sure that at some point in the year, we'll be able to do a bigger event and then we'll be able to ask all of these questions. But by all means, thank you so much for listening today. Up next is the news at two. This has been Masterclass on your Superstation. We come your way same time next week. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC. Do make a date with us. Thank you for listening. Headline news at Tax Day is coming. Oh no. 
But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.